Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, powered by StatRoute.com. And now, here's your host, Ryan Skullroot. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullroot, and for the entire week, Justin's been with me. Justin, say hello. Hello, everyone. Pleasure to be on the show again. All right. So here we go. We've got a, a fun. We think we have a fun show. If you don't think so, it'll be fun. That's your own problem. That's not ours. So um, here we go. What what we've got going on is we really quickly wanted to go over our accuracy scores for this week at fantasypros.com. And let's be honest, this week was ugly for everyone, um, not just for Skull King in general, but um, for the entire ranking community on um, on fantasypros.com. I actually looked it up. The accuracy gap, so basically, you know, the 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 how far off people were in their rankings based on fantasy points and where people finished. This week would have been the worst overall week of 2018. It was that crazy with the rankings this this week. So, uh, just we want to kind of put that into perspective a little bit. Um, Justin, where about did you finish in terms of your rankings? Uh, overall, I would have finished uh, number 88, uh, just behind Christian Brito of Eat Sleep Fantasy, uh, and uh, four spots behind Andy Holloway of the Fantasy Footballers at 84. All so, right. Uh, I don't feel so bad anymore. Yeah. I am. See, here's the problem, though. I am the only one in from Skull King who's actually in the accuracy competition. I had a rough week. Um, I continue to struggle with quarterbacks. And so I finished as number 112 out of 139 people. So, you know, that bottom quarter. However, I was number 10 in tight end accuracy this year or this week. And last year I actually finished overall, I want to say, in the top 35 in terms of accuracy for tight ends. Um, this was just a, this was a rough week. You know, if you consider guys that weren't on anyone's radar, like Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins, no one had him that, I, I think one guy had him as like a top 15 was the closest any ranker got to Sammy Watkins this week. Um, let's see, Marquise Brown, uh, John Brown, who else? Terry McLaurin. These are all guys that just came out of nowhere that no one had ranked in their top 50. So it was it was a crazy week. Uh, I do want to give uh, a couple shout outs to a couple of our guys. Um, Will Sparling, who is one of our wide receiver writers, if I remember right. Um, he actually would have finished number 26 overall right behind Brad Evans. He had a phenomenal week ranking. Um, we had a couple other guys. Uh, that would have finished, I think, one guy, Patrick, uh, one of our writers, one of our running back writers, I believe, would have finished in the top 50. Um, and then we had one other one. I want to say it was, it wasn't Patrick, it was, scroll up here. I believe it was CJ Krause, who his article is coming out tomorrow. His uh, uh, pop drop, or pop, 
shoot, what is it? It's Pop, Lock, and Drop It. There it is. It's coming out. It's coming out tomorrow. Um, culture. Culture. Pop culture. <laughs> I have none. All right. Um, he uh, he would have finished, I want to say, right around number 65. So we had a pretty, uh, overall, a pretty, uh, pretty good week, considering just how crazy this first week was. Um, we are doing the other thing that we are doing tonight. We are doing pick 'em and stick 'em. We are bringing the game back. We will do that right after our news and notes. Uh, we hope that you guys enjoy this. This is a fun kind of free agent type game that we uh, play just to see how well we can, you know, how well we can do against each other and screwing each other over in the si- at yeah. the same time. So it's a little fun. Uh, one quick note before we get away from the rankings, I do want to at least salvage my myself. I would have finished number twelve overall on wide receiver. There we go. So throwing that out there. So Justin would have finished number twelve wide receiver. I would have finished number ten at um, at tight end. And we had, like I said, we had a couple guys. One guy finished twenty six. Will Sparling. A couple guys finished, uh, you know, in that fifty to seventy range. So overall, it was an okay week, especially with some of these guys who had never actually submitted official rankings before to be judged for accuracy. So I want to. Um, it is very rough. <laughs> it is it is a tough job. I mean, really, it is. It is for those of you who say, "Oh, that's easy. I can do it." Well, let's you know. I would love to. See, you know what? Write join, some articles. Ask them. <laughs> join join Skull King Football. Become one of our writers, and we will put we will get you on the Fantasy Pros so that you can put up your rankings and 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 see how you do. So yes. All right. So why don't we go ahead and get into the headlines? Today's headlines. And starting off, number one, Mr. Hunter Henry is officially out for a while uh, with a tibia plateau fracture in his left knee. As of right now, the Chargers are not putting him on IR. This is the same um, same injury, I believe, that you said J.J. Watt had um, a little while ago. Yeah, two, uh, back in 2017 when he missed most of the year. Yeah, so this is their, the Chargers are hopeful that he will be back in 2019. Uh, this is a guy that just can't stay healthy. This is I I liked him. If he could be productive, I liked him over Evan Ingram. I wish I had picked Evan Ingram. <laughs> so, um, story, story number two. Uh, another Charger. Mike Williams is currently week to week uh, with knee soreness. Uh, Coach Lynn is concerned that he may not be able to go this next week against Detroit. Um, as far as the knee soreness, they don't have no one has been able to say exactly where in the knee it's sore, what's exactly going on with it. Just say it's sore. He's week to week, so this is something to watch out for. Um, if you have Keenan Allen, this is only that much better for you and for Austin Eckler. So, um, or maybe uh, I, you know, I could see Dontrell Inman getting a, getting a little bit of a workload out of this as well as a kind of a low end sleeper on this one, if yeah. Mike Williams misses. Um, story number three, Darius Geis. Um, I love this. It, this is a, a, an update to say that there's no update. Um, there has been no update from Washington on Darius Geis. They are still checking him out to kind of see what's going on with his knee. They don't know for sure. They're still running tests and, and, and everything. Um, all that to say that AP is starting on Sunday. Geis is most likely out this week. So if you have, um, you know, like we told you in our waiver wire show, AP and um, and Chris uh, man, Thompson. I'm losing it. Chris Thompson. That's the one. I wanted. I kept kept trying to say James, mixing 
Thompson and Crowder is like, wait a second, no, Crowder was the tight end, or was the wide receiver you wanted. Um, so yeah, so Thompson and AP are going to be uh, solid starts, I believe, for this week. Um, they have a little bit of a tough matchup going up against Dallas, I believe, but yes. ov- overall, um, you know, they are the ones that are going to be getting the work. Um, a couple other headlines that we wanted to go over just to keep you guys uh, up to date on what's going on. Tyler Lockett did not practice today. He is questionable already for Sunday's game uh, in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. Uh, has a little bit of a back issue, which will really elevate DK Metcalf in that game. Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner both had limited practices today. Conner with an illness, Juju with his, uh, I believe is an ankle or a toe injury. Jordan Reed still has not cleared concussion protocol, so cue up Vernon Davis for now. Quincy Inunua most likely is um, is done with football for his career. He is now put on IR again for the second time in three years with a neck injury. Um, I really think that this this is the end of his career, which is a shame because he show he has showed a lot of promise when he was given the opportunity. So. Um, and a quick update from the Chiefs, uh, Tyreek Hill, as of right now, they're expecting him to be out four to six weeks. So hopefully that is really big for McCole Hardman. All right, Justin, are you ready? Let's go ahead and run our little intro for Pick'em and Stick'em. Pick'em and Stick'em. All right, Justin, why don't you go ahead and take it away? All right. For those of you who are new to the podcast this year or a little bit of a refresher from last year, Pick'em and Stick'em is a game where we take two players, uh, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, defense, and kicker, all owned in less than 50% of leagues. For this one, it's all owned in less than 50% of CBS fantasy football leagues. It's half-point PPR scoring format. Uh, we'll list the, uh, the two from each. I will pick one and the other one is forced to play for Ryan's team. He'll pick one. The other person is forced to play on my team. Whoever comes up with the highest score at the end of the week wins. Um, this is more a a fun, creative game to talk about kind of maybe some strategy, uh, guys who are, uh, deeper that still may have some, some value, uh, this week, uh, in case of injuries for some of these guys. Uh, but it's also just a, a fun, quick little game uh, to uh, to play with your friends if you want to play with them as well. And so, to start, um, do we the want two quarter? Yeah, go the ahead. Two quarterbacks go we have are Jacoby Brissett and Joe Flacco. Uh, the running backs we have are Ido Smith and Frank Gore. Wide receivers: Danny Amendola and Terry McLaurin. Tight ends: Jason Witten and Vernon Davis slash Jordan Reed, depending on whether or not Jordan Reed plays. Uh, defenses. Uh, this is the one that's going to be painful. Uh, we have the Dolphins and the Cardinals. So who's uh, going to go farther negative? Yes, pretty much. Uh, and then kickers, we got Dan Bailey and Brandon McManus. And because I scored higher than you on the accuracy rankings, I get to go first. Um, the logic for me, I may go defense here first, but I think <laughs> it's going to be bad either way. Um, I'm going to go the wide receiver route, and I'm going to take oh. Terry McLaurin. Ooh. Um, because I know it's Dallas. Washington does have to move the ball sometime. Um, 
I know that uh, the Giants struggled against Dallas. Dallas is a solid defense. Um, but I'm a believer that Terry McLaurin is going to be the top wide receiver. And if I got to pick the top wide receiver or the third wide receiver in, in a pick them and stick them, I'll go with the potential number one. And I'll stick you with Danny Amendola against the Chargers, even though I think Danny Amendola probably has a little bit more upside. I think Terry McLaurin could still be a home run. This actually works for me because I was – I love Terry McLaurin, but I was actually going to pick Danny Amendola. Yeah. So thank you. Um, so, and right. because because it's a half-point PPR, that's what was pointing me in the direction of Amendola because I think he's going to get more targets. So, okay. um, And especially with, with the, the Chargers' offense and the, the, the Lions' almost lack of defense, um, I was basically guessing that Detroit's going to have to throw the ball a ton again yeah. in order to keep up. So I'm okay with Danny Amendola. So it's my turn. Um, I am going to go the quarterback route. And I am going to go with Jacoby Brissett. No surprise. No surprise. Um, with the Colts going up against Tennessee. Not that it's an, not that that's going to be an easy, easy matchup because it's going to be tough. But I would prefer to have... Uh, someone going up against the Tennessee defense then have someone going up against the Chicago Bears defense. So I'm going Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I, I would have gone the same way. Uh, Flacco struggled mightily against the Oakland Raiders, who now are not as good of a defense as they were week one due to uh, two very key players uh, going to be missing extended time. Rookie uh, safety is going to be out on IR. Abrams, yeah, um, he's out on IR with his shoulder injury. So, but Flacco, ugh, Flacco's going to have to be running for his life, and he's not fast. <laughs> no. So, um, so yeah, not a fan of that one. So, I'm going to go, as much as I, uh, in draft strategy, pick defenses last, I'm going defenses now um, because I want no part of the Miami defense. Um, I'm going to go <laughs> Cardinals against Baltimore um they did struggle against Detroit Baltimore lit Miami on fire um but I am a believer in Taylor Rapp starting corner um or, or starting defensive back for uh the Arizona Cardinals uh UW alum uh I'm gonna go with Cardinals I just think that they're gonna be a little bit better they at least don't have players trying to jump ship <laughs> so I'm a, I'm, that's my that's the tipping scale. Yeah, uh, you know, I, neither one of these are good. Both of them suck. I think both of them, if I remember, both of them are home games, correct? No, Arizona is at Baltimore. Oh, yeah, uh, they're both. I would, uh, per, I would, uh, I almost think I would rather have Miami because somehow, some way, they always seem to play. That's not happening this year. That's not. <laughs> that's not going to happen. Because you're right. You're right. The Dolphins are going to get smoked. All saw what happened on Sunday. Yep. We all saw that. All right. So it's my turn. And I, oh man. Okay. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with this, with this next pick. If I go tight end, they are, let's see, make sure I've got this right. Get my games all set up here. Um, if we go tight end, I believe they're playing against each other, aren't they? 
yes, both tight ends are playing against each other. Jason Witten against Washington and uh, Vernon Davis versus Dallas. Oh, here's here's what's here's what's funny about this. If Jordan Reed was playing, this sounds totally counterintuitive. But if Jordan Reed was playing, I'd probably pick Jason Witten. <laughs> yeah, but because I would too. I, I but because it's Vernon Davis. I would stat Vernon Davis higher than Jordan Reed this week. I am going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with the tight ends, and I'm gonna go with the the Vernon Reed. Okay. Take. I wanted. So. I wanted Jason Witten. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I just didn't want a bunch of Washington offense. We we talked about it on the waiver yep. wires. The reason why they were popular waiver wire picks is because no one knew anything about their offense. Yep. And I just don't want a lot of that in this um yeah since you already took mclaurin so i already took mclaurin so we're, we're down to running backs <laughs> and kickers well i'm going with the running back route um i've been a big fan of this player throughout the preseason um strong case to to uh, be a very solid starter should Devonte freeman go down um which is more than uh, is possible we're not rooting for that, but that's possible considering his injury uh, history. I'm going with Edo Smith versus Philadelphia. Um, I think, oddly enough, Edo Smith will be more involved in a, what I believe to be a high-scoring game. We'll get to that later in the in the uh, the projections for the week. I just don't see Frank Gore being as involved. Um, Singletary had a great game, good yardage. If they're smart, they'll rely on him more, Frank Gore less. Uh, they might get TJ Yeldon involved, um, but I would rather have Edo Smith. I probably would too. Um, the one thing that gives me hope about having Frank Gore is the fact that I don't think Yeldon gets involved. I think that they use they use uh, Singletary more in the pass game um, as well as in the run game. You know, give him more than just nine touches or whatever it was over his seventy percent snaps. Um, Gore had, God, what was it? It was like 11 carries for 20 yards, average 1.8 yards per carry. Um, the, the Jets actually do have a decent front seven. So that was, you know, I can see why that was part of the reason why Frank Gore got stopped up. The Giants don't really don't have know. a front seven. And so no. <laughs> that they could don't really have a back four either. That, that could, I mean, that could really help me with Frank Gore. Plus the fact that Frank Gore being the short yardage back could vulture a, you know a touchdown or two away from both Josh Allen and Devin Singletary. So, uh, you know, I would prefer to have Ito Smith, but I'm I do have some hope for Frank Gore. So, all right, and now we're going to the kickers. Brandon McManus, who is with the um, Broncos. And Dan Bailey, who is with the Vikings. Oh, who do I want? So we've got the Vikings are playing at Green Bay. And it's a Vikings kicker. <laughs> That's the problem. It's a Vikings kicker. <laughs> um, and they're playing or and the Broncos are at least playing at home in mile high against Chicago. If they can move the ball enough, he could maybe kick a 50-yard field goal to get me five points. And maybe okay. if they can get into the end zone to add one more for six, I could hope and pray for that. So you're taking McManus? 
I think I'm going to take McManus. Yeah, I don't I I don't see Denver scoring a touchdown. Yeah, like I said, I it's mainly I think it mainly is going to be, you know, see if he kicks a couple of 50-yard field goals in mile high. <laughs> That's which, about as close as they'll which, get to the which to the he's end zone which he's done play. so. All right, so, there we go. There's pick and So so Justin, go ahead and go over your team. All right, my team is quarterbacked by Joe Flacco. Ow, Edo <laughs> uh, Smith is my running back. Terry McLaurin, my wide receiver. Jason Witten, my tight end. The Cardinals are my defense, and Dan Bailey is my kicker. All right, and my team: Jacoby Brissett is my quarterback. Frank Gore is my running back. Danny Amendola is my wide receiver. Uh, Vernon Davis slash Jordan Reed is my uh, tight end, which will probably be Vernon Davis because Reed still won't clear concussion protocol. Miami is my defense against New England, and Brandon McManus is my kicker. Well, that is it for Pick'em and Stick'em. We are now going to get into um, the last seven games of the Sunday schedule in the NFL. Uh, we will go through those real quickly, and that will be the show. So give me just a second. Pull up the right page there. All right. So let's get into these games. We are going to start off with our team, the Seahawks, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have Wilson as a uh, low QB1. Uh, could be as low as a QB2. It all depends on how they utilize the run game. Um, and how much uh, passing uh, they allow Wilson to do. Looking at what the Pittsburgh Steelers defense did um, versus the New England Patriots, Wilson could be throwing a lot in this game. So um, Chris Carson, because of how stingy the Pittsburgh Steelers actually were against Sonny Michelle, giving up only 14 yards on 10 carries, um, I think I am going to kind of somewhat downgrade Carson to a low running back one, high running back two. Tyler Lockett, if he plays, I have him as a tight, uh, wide receiver two or three, kind of a boomer bust type. Same with DK Metcalf. Again, he had a solid first game. Again, we'll see what he can do in his second game now that someone's actually kind of seen him play a little bit. But he could put up, I mean, he could be a boomer bust and a, a boom player and actually finish with uh, wide receiver one numbers. It is possible. Um, looking at the Steelers, I've got Big Ben as a quarterback one going up against a team that gave up 400 passing yards to Andy Dalton. Uh, Connor, due to our due to the front seven of the Seahawks, I see him again as that low end running back one, possibly uh, down into the running back two. It all depends on how well he's able to catch the ball out of the backfield and how they use him out there. Juju Smith-Schuster, as long as he plays, he is a wide receiver one. As far as Moncrief or Washington or anyone else in terms of the wide receivers on that Pittsburgh Steelers team, they're all boomer bust wide receiver threes. It's a dice roll as to which one will be the guy that breaks out and has a great game. More likely I'm going towards Washington because Dante Moncrief couldn't catch anything. Um, Vance McDonald I have as a tight end two. The Seahawks are known to give up a lot of work to the tight ends. However, Vance McDonald hasn't really shown all that much yet this year in the first game. Didn't really see much out of him in the in the um, preseason. So we'll kind of wait and see. I had think he's a he's a safe tight end two. Um, could possibly put up low end tight end one numbers. Moving on to the next game, the Colts versus the Titans. I have Jacoby Brissett as a mid tight uh, mid quarterback two. 
could put up high quarterback two numbers, but I think that's his safe spot right there. Hilton I have as a wide receiver too. Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle, both as tight end twos that possibly could work up into that tight end one area. However, Brissett mainly has targeted Hilton, um, especially in that first game. I believe Hilton had nine targets. Ebron and Doyle had four and three or three and two apiece and spread out you know the last few targets to the what are three or four other wide receivers that they have so that's it for the Colts uh, moving on to the Titans Mariota could put up low-end quarterback one numbers he had a very solid game this last week it's all a matter of can the Colts actually get to him um, I have him again as a low quarterback one uh, Derrick Henry I have as a solid running back two who could put up running back one numbers if he you know can break off a single play like he did last week uh, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, both as wide receiver threes. Davis has a, got a lot of targets, uh, or no, I want to say it was three targets, no catches in this last game. A.J. Brown, four targets, three catches for 100 yards. He has the ability to get loose, and A.J. Brown could take over that wide receiver one role this year from Corey Davis. That's how disappointing Corey Davis has been these last couple years. Delaney Walker is a tight end one. I believe he had five or six targets, finished with 55 yards and two touchdowns. I think that he puts up another solid game and will be a great um, producer for your fantasy team this week. Justin, why don't you take the next one? Uh, next game, we have Dallas versus Washington. It's actually at Washington. This is the uh, 1 o'clock Eastern start. Uh, Dallas is the easy side to, to pick. I mean, Dak, based off his performance in the first game, I am going to have him as a quarterback one. On the lower side, because preseason rankings, I did not have him as a quarterback one. Um, just like with what I'm going to say about Case Keenum, I think Dak Prescott needs to prove it again. But... Washington gave up a ton of yards in the passing game in their week one matchup. So uh, I would look for them to do, to do the same thing. So Dak's going to have a great game. Quarterback one, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. He's an auto start uh, RB one. You're going to play him. I don't see any situation where you wouldn't play him. Uh, and then we look at Cooper. Um, once again, Washington got burned last week uh, in the passing game. So I'm going to have Cooper as a low uh, wide receiver one. Um, he's going to be, he was there on my preseason rankings. Um, and so we're going to see him here again. Uh, Gallup wide receiver three quietly had seven targets, seven catches and 158 yards last game against the giants. Look for him to have another solid game. He's a potential breakout player this year that a lot of people have projected. So Gallup should have a solid game as the wide receiver three. Jason Witten, uh, since I'm stuck with him in the pick him and stick him, I wish I could put him higher than a low tight end two. Um, but I just don't see his involvement. He is on the field a lot. Um, looking back at his, uh, at his snap percentage, he was on the field for 66% of the snaps. Uh, he did get a touchdown. The problem is he was only targeted four times. In order to be a tight end, low tight end one or high tight end two, you got to be getting six to eight targets. He only targeted four times. Now, they were beating the Giants pretty handily, but um, I just don't see Witten. He's older. He's slower. He's going to be used a little bit in the, in the run blocking game, um, but I just don't see it. So on the Washington side, Case Keenum I have as a low quarterback two, quarterback three. I understand he threw for 300 
and 80-plus yards this last game against the Eagles. The problem is, I mean, it, it is week one. Dallas is better at defense than the Eagles, potentially, or either that or uh, Eagles is just one bad. week one blues. But yeah. um, I think the Eagles could bounce back. They did have an injury from their defensive tackle position, which will affect their ability to put pressure on the quarterback. Um, but once again, Case Keenum's got to prove it again before I put him anywhere near uh, higher on the list. Uh, Peterson, in standard leagues, I would put at RB3 or high RB3, low RB2 um, because it's standard and it's yardage. Um, in a half point, which is what most people are playing, and that's what the the uh, Fantasy Pros ranker is, uh, I have him as a low RB3 flex play. He will be running the ball. Goal line carries will be his, but he's not involved in the passing game at all. Uh, Thompson, once again, he's going to be an RB3 as well. I'd really only ever play him in PPR leagues. He did get about 60-plus yards receiving last game, but that was without Adrian Peterson, and that was when Geis went down and they needed to throw the ball more in order to move the ball. Um, from the wide receiver perspective, McLaurin, I have as a wide receiver three with a tremendous amount of upside. I'm going to be playing him in a big money league where if you got to play three wide receivers, two running backs, and a flex, I have McLaurin as a starting wide receiver in that, uh, in that league. Um, I think he's got the upside, solid player, he played over 95% of the snaps last week in last week's game. I like that snap count. He's on the field all the time, which leads to more targets, which leads to more catches and so on. Um, Davis and Reed, low tight end twos. It's kind of a similar situation um, that you were talking about uh, earlier. I, I just don't see – it's going to be touchdown dependent from both of these guys. I would have Davis higher than Reed even before the concussion issue, um, Reed just can't stay healthy. Um, I'm, we may, this may be Reed's last year legitimately, but, um, but that's where I have the two tight ends. I have Dallas winning this game. Um, and I take the, uh, I take the points. So I, I take Dallas in the over, uh, quick question. Do you have uh, what are you, what are your thoughts on Randall Cobb in that game? Uh, he, he finished I have a last... hard time. I have a hard time in, in what is traditionally a run heavy offense or, or a balanced offense, but a very solid running back. Um, I have a hard time trusting a wide receiver three. I like Gallup. I have uh, Cobb wide receiver four or five. Okay. Potential flex pain, a full PPR, but not in half point. Okay. Sweet. All right, moving on to the next game. I've got the Chiefs versus the Raiders. Mahomes, quarterback one, you're not going to sit him. Uh, Sammy Watkins, wide receiver two, with upside. Yes, I only have him as a wide receiver two with upside. He could, put up, wide, again. He, he <laughs> could put up wide receiver one numbers. We've seen him do that. Okay, We saw him do it even when he was in Buffalo and Tyrod Taylor was his quarterback. We got to see it again, and we got to see him stay healthy. McCole but even at a wide receiver, too, really quick, even at a wide receiver, too, you're still playing him. Yeah, you're play. still playing him. You're not going to sit him here. Uh, uh, McCole Hardman, I have as a boomer bust wide receiver three. I think that he really is the next guy. He, 
he played, what was it, 60 to 70% of the snaps on Sunday against the uh, against the Jags. Only had one target. I think that changes in this game. Um, I have Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy both as mid to low RB2s. It's simply because we are still not completely sure how that is going to be all worked out between the two of them. Uh, Damian Williams had more touches while uh, LaShawn McCoy had more yards and Damian Williams got the two touchdowns, but only ran for like two yards a carry where LaShawn McCoy ran for like six or seven yards a carry. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, as far as uh, the tight end, Travis Kelsey, again, you're not sitting him, especially with Mahomes throwing him the ball. Uh, going on to the Raiders, I have Derek Carr as a quarterback two on the high side, um, not necessarily moving into that quarterback one spot. Again, I don't think he throws enough deep throws enough deep passes. And with how much they're going to ride Josh Jacobs, um, I think Carr again, he's going to be on that high end quarterback two, around around that you know quarterback twelve to 15, 16 range is where I've got him. Uh, Josh Jacobs, running back two. Solid running back, too, especially if he can put in the work that he did this last time. Um, the Chiefs do struggle a little bit here and there against the run. Def or against the run. Um, Tyrell Williams, again, I have him as a low-end wide receiver, too. Mainly, he's always been like a wide receiver three with upside his entire career, kind of that boomer bust type because of the deep his deep ball ability. Um, he is now the number one there in Oakland, which bumps him up into that wide receiver two category. But again, if he gets stopped up and he's only playing and, it, you know, he only ends up with a wide receiver three uh, type numbers, don't be surprised. That's just what he is. Um, uh, Darren Waller, I have as a low end tight end one. I think he is a tight end one. He's going to get the volume. He is the second passing option in that offense. So that's it for that game. All right, on to Chicago versus Denver. Uh, we're going to start with the Bears. They're the visiting team. Uh, Trubisky uh, struggled mightily against the Green Bay Packers in week one um, at home. Now goes on the road to Denver. I know Denver had a rough game in week one against Oakland, but I see Denver's defense coming back to play, uh, playing very well, or at least up to the standards that they have been the last couple of years, which is a solid defense. Um, they're also at home. Uh, so I have Mitch Trubisky as a low quarterback or as a quarterback two, um, kind of mid to low range, maybe around the 16 range. Uh, haven't finalized that yet, um, but I'm not high on him. He struggled. Denver's a better defense. Uh, on to uh, the Cohen Montgomery experiment on what is going on. And there. Davis. Don't forget Davis. Um, yeah, Dave, but here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not putting Davis – in the same conversation, Davis, the RB five um, flex in a super deep league. Maybe um, I need to see like Davis would only be a value if he got a touchdown or if Cohen or Montgomery went down. So that's where Davis, I don't really put in the conversation. Um, Cohen and Montgomery, I both have as low RB twos. Both of them have solid ability to be an RB two very solidly yeah. uh, a little bit redundantly redundant there with how I said <laughs> that, but um, until we see more footage and understand more about how Nagy's going to utilize Montgomery, I can't put Montgomery above Cohen, but I can't really put Cohen that high because he's not really running the ball. He's more doing sweeps, short passes, 
he does run the ball, but it's not uh, it's he's not the workhorse. He's not going to be the steady main guy. So I can't trust either one of them. So I'm going to put them both lower than they should be um, on to wide receiver. Uh, Allen Robinson, the only wide receiver you should be playing in this game from Chicago uh, as a mid to low uh, wide receiver too. Uh, he is the favorite target of Trubisky. So I look for him to have a similar game because he's really the only target that Trubisky can find. Other, other than a, Cohen. Unless it's a, a dump off route to Cohen. So uh, I wouldn't start any other player. I know Anthony Miller's got some speed. He's got upside. I'm not playing him in this game. I, I, I have him as like wide receiver 50. So low wide receiver four, high wide receiver five. Um, and then Burton and Shaheen don't play. Burton didn't play in week one. There's nothing that would tell you that he's going to be um, better for week two. Uh, I just don't trust it. Once again, until Trubisky starts to uh, pull things a little bit around, um, this could be a, a, a rough year for him. Uh, on to Denver. Flacco, absolutely no reason to play him unless you're in a two-quarterback or super flex league. We're, we're talking about a quarterback that struggled mightily against the Oakland Raiders. Um, Oakland Raiders looked good, but was that really the Oakland Raiders or was that Flacco struggling? We'll, we'll, we need more game time uh, and game film to, to come to that conclusion. But Flacco is like quarterback 28. I mean, he's above Eli Manning. That's something. Um, uh, running back Lindsey. I wish I could put him higher, but he struggled as well last week uh, against Oakland. I'm putting him as a high RB3. Um, there's kind of this timeshare thing going on with Royce Freeman as well. Uh, Lindsey is obviously the more talented pass catcher and, and is, I believe, a more talented runner. But Freeman is no slouch, so he's still going to get some work. But Lindsey's going to get more of the pass catching work. So I have uh, Lindsey's RB3, Freeman is an RB4. You could play Freeman in deeper leagues in a flex play or double flex league potentially. But the um, matchup isn't great. But the matchup isn't great. Um, it is Chicago. Uh, so I would look to go elsewhere. This could be a, a, a six to nine game and it'd be field goal kickers. Um, I almost picked both these kickers from the um, for the pick them and stick them, but Chicago's kickers and no namer that I just thought it would be unfair. Uh, anyway, uh, wide receivers, uh, Sanders and Sutton, uh, Flacco's hurting both of these guys. Um, I have them both the kind of wide receiver four range. There's ups. I think there's more upside with Sanders, uh, than with Sutton. Um, but both kind of in that wide receiver four range. So, uh, Sanders high wide receiver four. With upside, Sutton, wide receiver four, need to see a little bit more. And then Fant, um, I would look elsewhere as well. Um, I think there needs to be more chemistry developed between him and Flacco. They weren't near the red zone all that often for Flacco to do his traditional, I'm going to find the tight end. Um, so this offense needs to get a whole lot better to get in red zone more for Flacco to really target a tight end in the end zone. Uh, I have Chicago winning this game uh, on the road. All right. Saints versus the Rams. Uh, Drew Brees I have as a mid to low end quarterback one. I think that even with the the good corners that the Rams have in L.A., I think that um, Brees can still 
Brees can still find the guys that he needs to, especially considering that he's got Michael Thomas as his wide receiver one. Who is a wide receiver one? Uh, Ted Ginn is a he's, he's a boomer bust wide receiver three. You know, he's going. I'm only ever going to put him maybe as a wide receiver 30 is about as high as I'm normally going to put him just because the work is going to be inconsistent. Um, however, he could put up, you know, high end wide receiver two numbers with a couple of deep balls. Uh, Kamara, he is obviously a running back one. Latavius Murray, I have him as a running back three. I may push him up into the running back two simply because L.A. is absolutely horrible. While they're very good at pass defense, their run defense has been terrible um, the last couple of years. Uh, you know, look at how uh, the Seahawks have had some of their best games the last couple of years rushing the ball against the Rams. Um, Jared Cook, he is a tight end too. If you don't believe me, look at what he did this last game. I want to say it was three targets, two catches for 30 yards. He's not going to be getting much more than that. Um, I know that a stat came out uh, in, uh, was it the Monday Night Football game, saying that no person over the last decade has thrown the ball more to a tight end than Drew Brees. Okay, but let's look at who Drew Brees had for the first half of that decade. He had Jimmy Graham, and Jimmy Graham was his only receiver. And don't tell me that he had Marcus Colson because Marcus Colson was a wide receiver too, Max. Um, so uh, over the last few years, the tight end production has dropped drastically in New Orleans, and that trend is not going to be bucked this year. Jared Cook is a tight end too. Maybe a high end tight end too, but that's it. Uh, as far as the Rams go, Jared Goff, I have him in that you know quarterback 1-2 situation, kind of that 10-14 to 14 area right in there. Uh, Gurley... For right now, I have him as a running back, too, simply because they aren't using him very much. Um, Malcolm Brown was more productive. They gave Malcolm Brown the uh, the um, the red zone looks. Brown, I still have as a running back, too, possibly maybe a running back three. Again, we're just not sure of how this whole timeshare thing is going to work with the running back. So for right now, I have them both probably as running back twos. Uh, Cooks, Woods, and Cup, I have all as wide receiver twos. But here's how I am personally going to rank them. Woods, then Cup, then Cooks. Cooks may outscore the other two, but that's because he's going to be getting, that's because he will have beaten someone for a long ball and gotten more yards or maybe broken free for a long touchdown. As far as the actual production in PPR, most of those looks are going to Woods and to Cup. Woods, I want to finish, want to say finished with nine, maybe ten targets on Sunday. I believe Cup finished with uh, eight or nine targets. I think it was nine targets and seven seven receptions. It was only for like forty five yards. Um, but those are the guys that Goff looks at the most. Cooks is the deep ball boomer bust guy. That's the way that works. That's the way that offense works. They don't really have a tight end to speak of that it is worth playing in fantasy. So we're not going there. Um, I don't know who wins this game. I think I probably put it on the Saints, but the Rams, I think this is going to be a close one. So, Justin, why don't you take us with the last game? Uh, with the last game, uh, I'm taking the Rams in the last game, by the way, just because it's a home game for the Rams. That's kind of my, yeah. how I would lean. But uh, Sunday night matchup between Philadelphia and Atlanta, I think this is going to be a huge scoring game. Uh, both defense struggled mightily in the first week. Um uh, Atlanta struggled more 
uh, from the run game perspective, Philadelphia just gave up a whole bunch of passing yards. So I have Wentz as a, a low to mid uh, quarterback one. Uh, I think he can uh, he'll definitely be throwing the ball more than 10 times uh, and he'll be able to uh, put up some yards against Atlanta. Uh, Miles Sanders. Uh, right now, I have Philly being a pass-heavy offense until Miles Sanders can show us a little bit more. So I have Miles Sanders as a RB3. Um, just need to see more of it. Um, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, I both have as wide receiver twos. I like the upside more of Deshaun Jackson as evidenced from this last week, uh, being one of the top scorers of the week. Alshon Jeffrey, consistency uh, right there at the wide receiver two standpoint. Zach Ertz. He's a top five tight end. He will never be lower than a top five tight end. So you play him if he's on your team. Uh, moving on to Atlanta, uh, Matt Ryan, I have as a top five quarterback this week. Um, once again, Philly gave up yard 350 plus yards to Case Keenum. <laughs> Case Keenum, who didn't throw for hardly squat when he was at Denver. Or um, when, or really, or when he was with the Vikings, to be completely honest. Yeah, but. Okay, but still, uh, Matt Ryan, infinitely better quarterback, is going to have some big numbers. Freeman, I have as a low RB2, struggled last week against uh, Minnesota, so I need to see a little bit more. He is a more talented back than that, um, but I'm going to put him in that mid-RB2 range. There's a lot of talented running backs so with better matchups, so that's a lot of why he's there as well. Um, Julio Jones, wide receiver one. I think he gets a touchdown in this game, maybe two. Who knows? Maybe three. Um, <laughs> Calvin Ridley, wide receiver two, consistently going to be there. Uh, he has su surpassed Muhammad Sanu as the wide receiver two, but Muhammad Sanu is no slouch and could be a flex play in deeper leagues where you have maybe two flexes, maybe a 14-team league or 16-team league. Uh, once again, if Matt Ryan's going to be thrown for a whole bunch of yards, you want players who are going to be there. Uh, Austin Hooper, low tight end one. I know he had a great yardage this last week, uh, a number of catches, uh, but inconsistencies last year have me cautious about putting him any higher than about tight end 12. Um, I just – he was up and down. He'd have one week where he'd get 10 catches and 100 yards. The next week where he'd get three targets and one catch for like four yards. So uh, if we can get some more consistency, Austin Hooper uh, will climb. Uh, I like him to have more consistency this year. I target him in a lot of leagues, uh, have him in two big money leagues. Uh, and so I like Hooper this week. Once again, Philly's, if, if week one trend continues, Philly's going to give up yards. You want this passing game. Yeah, and another thing to remember, even with all that inconsistency, Hooper still finishes the tight end seven in half-point PPR last year. Yes, uh, and uh, by the way, I'm taking Atlanta in this game, but I think both teams score 28-plus. All right. Well, that is it for tonight's show. I believe I will try to do one more on Saturday, just kind of a last-minute, maybe look at the um, at the DraftKings and Yahoo aspect of this, looking at the DFS and what uh, – who who are the best plays are and the best values. Uh, we want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. Again, make sure to hit that subscribe button on whichever platform you're on. We'd also love it if you could give us a rating or review. 
please, we want to hear from you guys. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know how you can, how we can make it better, or if you know we're already perfect, we're you know we're fine to hear that as well. So, uh, thank you one more time for uh, listening. This has been the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan, and I'm Justin, and we'll talk to you guys later. Hey, Skull King Nation! Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so. Be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.